to the Connect to Marriage podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. Are you both compatible? That may have been one of the top questions in your mind when sparks first flew between your spouse and you. But what does being compatible really look like in marriage? Hello and welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast. I'm Gary and I'm your host for this episode. In each episode of the Connect2 podcast, we'll be tackling questions that couples ask about marriage, communication, conflict, and so much more. We hope you'll keep tuning in to learn with us as you grow closer, deeper, and stronger in your marriage. Today, we're going to continue our series on marriage myths with the topic, I shouldn't have to ask. Do you expect your spouse to be a mind reader? You'll be surprised at how many relationships hit bumps in the road just because one party assumes that the other is a mind reader. They often use the expression, don't assume because when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. You know, I don't know how true that is. But with us today is married couple Sherman and Evangeline who share with us their thoughts and insights and personal stories on this marriage myth. Welcome to the both of you again to this episode. Thanks, Gary. Glad to be here. Let me share a little about early days of marriage. Did you ever assume that the other person will understand you when you said certain things or didn't say certain things? Um, well, I think there may have been certain assumptions and I don't think it would be correct of me to say that, you know, there are no assumptions made. I think when I came into the relationship, I was also very aware of the fact that this is one of the pitfalls of many relationships where people don't communicate and therefore assumptions are made and a lot of things goes misunderstood. That didn't really feature that big in our relationship or as a hurdle in that sense. If anything, you know, when I was kind of working uh, overseas, one of the key takeaways for me is that, you know, and living in an overseas environment, having grown up in Singapore, you know, a lot of it is very well provided for. And our government of Singapore does a good job at that, right? They plan many years on the road, all the systems work well, say for certain MRT station, uh, MRT <laughs> instances, I know. But to be honest, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it does work out very well. Um, and it's easy to assume that that's the same thing that you get when you go to a, another overseas country. But, you know, that's not always the case. And in fact, a lot of things uh, you have to find out for yourself. It's not uh, an assumption. It's not logically going to happen. And a lot of systems are actually broken. And that's a key takeaway I had when I was working overseas. Not, not to say that, you know, there are other governments that are very, very bad, but I think a lot of these are legacy issues for very, very old institutions and systems. And so I've always kind of then come back to Singapore thinking that I can't assume anything, right, in that sense. And I think that's also the same mindset that I go to with relationships and also with people. Of course, with closer people and family members, you you think that they would understand you better. But I still think that it's important if you want certain things or if you like, if something's important to you enough, you want to be able to communicate that to your partner. Yeah, you know, when, uh, when we got married, we wrote our own wedding vows. Mine was a wedding vow. Hers was a wedding constitution, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> my wife, being a lawyer, wrote a one-and-a-half-pager and I can assure you that lawyers leave nothing to assumptions. That's, that's very true, actually. We think of all the possible scenarios. <laughs> yes, yeah, so safe to say in our families there are very little assumptions. Well, jokes aside, uh, that's not true. I would say my last statement was not completely true. I think one thing we had it for us also in this respect is that we got married a little bit later in our lives, you know, uh, uh, late 30s and stuff like that. She was in mid-30s and we have, I found it very different from when we were younger, when I was younger. When I was younger, if I were to get married, I would imagine marriage to be quite different from when I actually got married, you know, because I think when you're young, you get 
screwed a lot by Hollywood and it gets screwed a lot by various forms of media. That's why I run a media and entertainment business. A shameless plug in there. Uh, but, uh, but you know, you, you think things are set in certain ways. And then as you get older, you see your friends' relationships struggle and all. Then you start to understand, okay, this is not quite what it really is about. Right. And so therefore, as much as we did have that benefit of experience and seeing and observe, observing our friends, I would say maybe a little bit lesser assumptions in that area. But nonetheless, when you live together, you do, right? Because you also think that, you know, you grew up in a certain way. You have a certain way of living and you assume that it's the same for everybody, spoken or unspoken. So you do have to work those things through, which we had to at the beginning a little bit. Mm. Mm. Very good. And I like that. What you mentioned, Evangelinda. We assume a lot of things. Just like living in Singapore, you assume this is how the system will be, the, this is how the, tra- the transportation. And then when you go overseas, you assume that it should be the same. But then when you get there, it's quite different. And likewise, uh, you all both come from quite diverse backgrounds. If you don't know uh, about them, you can tune into the previous podcast. You'll hear that they come from different backgrounds. And how does that... Because you probably have some assumptions about family based on our, your own family background. Your brother into your own relationship. Did you all see it play out? Uh, also quite evidently that the assumptions we had about our own family was quite different from what was happening. Yeah, well, for me, I grew up in a broken family. So, you know, there was not much to learn from there except for the what I shouldn't do. When I got married, I was very keen to not repeat those mistakes. But at the same time, I wasn't really very well schooled. There wasn't good examples for me. I mean, I had glimpses here and there, but to say, you know, living day to day, 24-7 in a wholesome family is not something I had the privilege of doing. Hence, I was very open to learn. My wife, however, comes from, you would say, close to a model family. She was very well brought up, went to good school, you know, professional. Parents are very honorable people. So I really got married with kind of a clean slate to learn and be open. Of course, observing different families through the years, I knew certain things I did not want. But to say what I want, it was something for me, kind of a new world I wanted, I was willing to explore. That, that was for my side of things. I think in a way, because I really knew the background that Sherman came from, and although I came from a, I would consider a wholesome family, complete family, Obviously, each family will have, you know, different backgrounds and all that. I think because of all the communication that we have, I kind of already mentally prepared myself for the fact that, you know, I, you know, there'll be, it's not like I'll meet his mum and father in the same room all the time, for example. And it's going to be a slightly different scenario. And I guess given the background that he came from, in, even in our marriage, we do exhibit different ways that we approach issues, for example. I think we're both very positive people, but I'm generally quite positive and sometimes he says I'm a bit um, well, innocent in that sense but he will also think about like okay are there other things that we need to consider and in a way I'm a bit more childlike in my approach towards mm. things and he might be a bit more of the street kid like let's watch out for the bad guys kind of thing so there are differences in approaches and like you said the backgrounds do account for them in some ways so the key here would be, I think, the willingness to also learn. Similar, I come from a, a family where marriage was just uh, crappy and like, broken. And uh, we often, and even counselling couples, I realise the same pattern. If you come from a divorced family, many times you don't want your marriage to end up like a divorced family, but we never focus on what we really want. Mm. Rather than, this one I don't want, I don't want, but what do you really want? So when we work with couples, we always ask them, what do you really want? Uh, and then they focus on couples that maybe have healthy marriages. And the two of you really have a healthy marriage. I'm just hearing from you and encouraging to, to couples and people tuning. So if you're tuning in and you come from a family background, that may not be ideal. 
find good mentors, find people and be willing to learn, read up, talk to someone uh, to improve ourselves. Don't ever think like, oh, that's me. My background's like that. I can't do anything about it. Yeah, but I think one thing you all mentioned previously was about being intentional and communicating. It's, it's coming up again. Mm-hmm. Communicating, communicating, communicating. Uh, how can, how do couples need to do? Because sometimes... Uh, one spouse may be a little too afraid to say certain things for fear of offending, or making the spouse upset. I know it was for me in my own case when uh, uh, I liked soccer, but my wife hated soccer. Uh, so when I wanted to watch a match, you know, I was always very fearful of even bringing it up. You know, maybe different for the two of you, but what are some things that y'all had, had to deal with? A lifetime of love and romance requires intentional effort and attention. Yet, in times of busyness and with overwhelming priorities to tend to, our marriages can often take a back seat. No matter the state of your relationship today, we want to help you and your spouse thrive. Check out Connect2, featuring specially curated experiences and resources, our favourite selection of articles, top hits on our podcast, date ideas, conversation starters, and more to address the issues that are keeping you and your spouse apart and help you rekindle the joy of pursuing one another. Visit www.family.org.sg connect2 today. I think communication is, isn't just about saying things. I, I think communication is so multifaceted. And actually, if you think about it, it can be very interesting. You can be very creative how you communicate. Even giving your wife a bouquet of flowers is a form of communication, right? Giving her a three-minute massage, nothing long, just three minutes, is also a way of communication. I think if you're willing to explore, uh, communication can be very interesting and, and very, very fun. And one of the things that my wife and I like to do is to do things with each other. Even like cooking together. We just put up our Christmas tree, so we put it out together. We spend one morning on a Sunday to do it. Things like that. We are forced to communicate when we're doing something together. So I think that's one thing that could be helpful. The other thing that I've realized that sometimes we don't say some things because we are afraid that our needs are not legitimate. That means I say something and I don't say it because I'm afraid my husband or my wife is going to diss it, it's going to scold me, it's going to put me down. So what environment we create at home it's actually very important. When you create a safe space to say that I can ask for something, but my spouse can also say no, then it's a very healthy, thriving environment because then you're not afraid to put forth your needs, right? And be okay to say that, okay, maybe it's not for now. Like give an example, my wife, I mean, like every good woman loves to buy handbags and stuff like that. And I've learned that for my purposes, I, I love to take the initiative and help her pick those handbags. Otherwise, that choice will take three months. But if I help to decide to take three minutes, right? So, so I have taken that initiative uh, and we do it together. And, and there are times where she says, oh, this is a really good deal, it's a good sale. And I say like, you know what, darling, I think we've spent enough for the quarter. Let's, let's chill for a little bit. And she's very ready for that. But at the same time, the ne- when the next quarter comes, if I see something, I communicate to her by actually getting that before she even has to ask. So that safe environment and she understands that it's okay for me to express my needs because uh, my needs are legitimate. Even if they're not for the season, they are legitimate. They are okay needs and we can work this out. So that's some of the things that we create in our home to facilitate the environment. Also a safe space to share anything that you want without fearing. Yeah, of- and yeah, exactly. If there is an objection, then how we object is also very important, right? I realise that sometimes men, we get a little bit impatient or women too. We shut things down too, too fast. 
And I feel like that's not helpful because then people feel like the next time I want to do it, I'm not sure if I'm going to get, you know, cut off, right? So even if we disagree, I think how we disagree is, I've learned is actually very, more important than the disagreement itself. So I always better in mind, uh, no matter how tired, at least for me, I, I am, if I don't agree with something, I do couch it properly. Lah. Honorably and respectfully is the way I'll describe it. You can disagree honorably and respectfully. I think couples sometimes, oh, there's always some passive aggressiveness. Like Especially if I'm more of an introvert, I tend to keep it and I brood. And when my wife asks me what's wrong, I say nothing's wrong, but actually from my face just shows something is wrong. But what about your own thoughts, Evangeline, about this? I think one of the things that, again, we go back to the topic of communication. Communication can come in various forms, as, as Sherman just mentioned. I know one of the things that Sherman does quite regularly, actually very regularly, is that, you know, sometimes in the middle of the day, nowadays we work from home, right? He's in and out of meetings, and he comes home middle of the day. And I'm usually the one at home because... I'm in back-to-back calls, etc. And he'll just come in and he'll pop in and he'll say, hi, I'm back, darling. And then he'll give me a kiss. So I think actions like that actually speak a lot and speak volumes and go a long way towards affirming the person and just saying that I value your presence, right? You don't even have to say that in so many words, but the actions do already speak volumes towards that. So I think that's something that people can take up in terms of you don't have to be very good with words, but you can actually demonstrate through actions, through your authentic ways of going about things. And it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to be buying a most expensive bouquet of flowers. But I think, you know, where there's a genuine heart involved, and I'm sure anyone can see it, and your spouse can definitely see it. Mm. So so that's something that would really encourage people to, to do, I guess, in trying to communicate that. And to the other point about kind of learning how to kind of also create a safe space, I think that's extremely important because there will always be issues that come up that may be a sore point with your spouse. And I think that's quite normal in relationships. You know, you can't be agreeable about every single thing. But it's also important to, I guess, find out what is it about that that makes your spouse tick? Why does your spouse come to you and ask for that, right? Or why are you bringing up that issue again and again? So instead of just dismissing it right from the get-go, I think it's important to understand the rationale and what is it about it that interests your spouse so much about that particular team in football or something like that. And that may be something that also opens conversations for other things that your spouse may want to talk about. So that could be actually the tip of an iceberg to a conversation started about other things. Because sometimes, you know, your spouse could be interested in talking about that. And then that could lead to something else, especially for spouses that says, oh, you know, my my husband or my wife doesn't really want to open up and talk about other things. But if you start talking about their favorite topic, that might actually become a conversation starter to many other things. Uh, and then they'll start talking about their day, maybe, as well. So I think it's important never to dismiss something too quickly. And I guess that applies whether you're a parent or you're talking to your spouse, right? You also don't dismiss your kids' issues that quickly either. And I think that for humans, I think just being able to be received by someone is a very affirming value. And especially so if that's uh, by your closest person in your heart and it's your spouse. So I think that's very, very important about how we go about receiving that other person when the person's trying to communicate something. So learning to validate other people's opinion, your spouse's opinion, uh, sharing not just facts, feelings, but also sharing needs and taking deeper. And I think the key here also is having that safe environment that I can share with my spouse anything and everything. She or he may feel a little upset by it, but know that the intention is not to cause harm, but just to be open in sharing the relationship. With regard to the flowers, one important tip I realized that when couples are dating and when a guy offers to buy flowers, sometimes the lady says, please don't buy flowers, waste of money. And then 
it's programmed in the brain of the guy like don't buy flowers waste money and then later when she gets married how come you never buy flowers <laughs> because the guy's brain you really stop me you don't like flowers you know and we talk about such things but learning to share if you like flowers just say like flowers I like chocolates I like this rather than uh, you know you're supposed to know my mind but actually I don't know your mind we're still discovering each other in each podcast we address a frequently asked question that couples have about marriage today's question is my friend's husband seems to understand what she wants. He's romantic and plans great dates. He even buys gifts that she actually wants. When my husband buys unexpected gifts for me, they are normally something I don't want or I don't like. But if I tell him what to buy instead, then that's not romantic and I may hurt his feelings. Things like this makes me annoyed and I wonder why he doesn't get me after all these years together. Some thoughts, how would you encourage a couple in this situation? The grass is always greener on the other side. <laughs> Till you see the mud and the cow dung. Just be gentle and generous. I think sometimes uh, it takes time even for spouses to know each other. My wife and I are still discovering things about each other. And I would say that every time you share what you want or what you don't like, it's actually a learning point for your spouse to then get it. And, you know, patience is a great, 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 great virtue in marriage. I'm sure everyone will agree. You can't get married without patience, really. I think if we come to understand that we're all trying to be better versions of ourselves, right? And your husband or your wife is trying to be a better person, better husband, better wife as they grow or as we grow together. Each time you feed him more information, it helps him to triangulate what you really want and what pleases you. That's the way I look at it. My mission in life as a husband is I want my wife to always be excited about the next occasion that we go out, you know, always be excited about the next event, the next milestone, because I'm always trying to pull some trick off my, out my sleeve to, to surprise her, you know, and I remember COVID came and it was her birthday and, and she thought she was not going to get her a gift. I told her she was not going to get a gift. Because, yeah, like total circuit breaker. So yeah, was uh, you can't go shopping, so I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, let's wait till things open up. But I somehow, legally, I must add, managed to get her a piece of jewellery on the night, the birthday eve, exactly at midnight, I took it out of a hidden box and I gave it to her. You know, I said, happy birthday, right? And then she almost cried because she's like, where did this even come from, you know? Of course, I went through a lot of pains to get it. But I, I said that to say that sometimes when you throw up just this kind of fun bits and these little surprises, it just takes the attention away from what's not being done. And that's what marriage should be. To me, like what I said, whether you're raising a kid or living with your spouse, we're all work in progress. We're all growing. And your child needs to needs your input to grow. And same thing, your husband, your wife needs your input to grow to love you also. So like what they say, right? Rubbish in, rubbish out. So if you feed your husband good information, your husband can then, your wife can then use that information and become a better husband. I think it's always nice to have the perfect scenario, right? Um, romantic, knows what you want, gives mm. you what you want without having you to tell the person. But it's not always going to be like this. And even the most perfect person isn't going to behave like this in all circumstances. So I think it's important to be practical about certain things. If you really want something, just tell your husband that that's what you want. It doesn't mean that that's not romantic in itself because your husband can always find ways to surprise you even with that, right? He might buy it for the next gift. He may not buy it immediately, right? And there are just different ways for him to think about that. I think it's okay to allow room for mistakes. And I think that's important in a marriage because otherwise... If everything has to be tip-top, perfect scenario, um, everyone's going to be tiptoeing on eggshells around you. And that doesn't make for a good marriage. You're going to be kind of expressing your actions out of fear rather than out of really love or willingness to do it for the person. If in this case, the person's saying that, oh, my husband's kind of not getting the hint of what I really like, encourage the person, right? Encourage the husband mm -hmm. and say, you know, 
I really love the, the gesture. And, and just in the future, you can tell him, okay, this is something else that I really, really would like to have as well. Like what my husband said, feed the person information, you know, that will always help. Uh, I think that's actually quite important as well. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. One thing, I think we also need to remember that our taste changes as we age also. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I used to like black forest cake when I was younger. So <laughs> the only cake I would ever eat was black forest. So when my wife bought black forest cake, oh, I was like, oh, she loves me. You know, but as time went by, I didn't really like black forest cake anymore. And she would buy it. And it's like, you know, I changed. So I think that that same principle applies in life. But if I never communicated and I would just, oh, why did she buy black forest cake? You know, and think that she knows what I'm thinking of. Uh, it's a wrong assumption also. Uh, so it's to constantly communicate, share what's really going on, but having that environment that's safe to, to share those things, I think is key just hearing from the two of you. Thank you so much. If you are listening to this with your spouse, can you take the next extra five minutes at the end of this episode to share with each other how you feel about your teamwork? Is there anything one would like to uh, have the other person do more? Are there any scenarios where one of you would like a certain response without having to explicitly ask for it. Um, but key, I think, hearing from Sherman and Evangeline, we need to communicate our needs, our wants, uh, you know, our feelings, to keep talking about it. To find out more about marriage content, do visit our website at family.org.sg slash connect to. We hope you have followed and subscribed to our Connect to podcast or share it with a friend who can also benefit from it. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, Take care of yourself and your spouse.